A Shepherd in France Chapter 1 by Bern Redstone Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Ben Shepard shuffled a few feet closer to the entrance of the customs area in the airport in Paris. His neck was hurting from how it had been positioned when he slept on the flight over from the States. He tried rolling out the kink in the thick muscles. He grimaced in pain and rubbed at it. That was the problem with being muscular. Big muscles meant big muscle pain and Ben was a big man. Six feet three inches and two hundred and sixty pounds of hard muscle gifted from good genes and earned from a strenuous exercise regimen. He didn't look bad for a man in his forties. He looked around at the seething mass of people trying to get through customs. Several large planes had landed and offloaded in quick succession which lead to this ugly bottleneck. Ahead of him in that mass were three women he was in love with and who had expressed their love for him. He never expected to find love in his life after his wife left him for another man. To find it with three women was so far beyond his expectation he still had trouble accepting the reality of it and accepting that he deserved it. There was a voice inside him that whispered he wasn't worthy, it wouldn't last and they would leave him like the others who claimed to love him had. He'd listened to that voice since he was a young child and it never went away. It was a daily struggle though recently it had been quieter than usual. He'd been surrounded by the love of these women, and even his despised inner voice couldn't compete with that. Before it could get a grip on him again he scanned the crowd ahead and saw Catherine McGovern and her daughters nearing the entrance. The four white blonde heads made them stand out as did their beauty. They were always the easiest to find due to their hair and their height. The mother was five feet ten inches and matched by her oldest, Sophia who was twenty-one. Her other two, Rachel at twenty and Megan who was nineteen, were just an inch shorter. He smiled as he thought of Catherine's amazing blue eyes which often held a mischievous spark. It usually appeared with a sexy grin and the most delightful wrinkles on the bridge of her slim nose. She was truly gorgeous and it still stunned him that she was in love with him. She was all lean muscle and svelte curves from her swimming and her daughters were equally fit though he thought they chose martial arts to stay that way. Each daughter had been blessed with their mother's looks, eye and hair coloring, and the resemblance was definitely strong but each was like a unique flavor of the same delicious dish. Sophia's eyes were slightly more almond-shaped, probably from her father's genes and her cheekbones were just a little higher giving her face more of a heart shape. She was the calmest and most composed of the three daughters. The middle child Rachel had inherited a bit of her father's strong nose. Not enough to overpower her other features but enough to give her a distinct look from her sisters. Ben thought she was truly lovely, and she certainly had her mother's boisterous energy. Megan was the doer. She was bold and decisive and the personification of cute from her wide blue eyes to her slightly upturned nose. She was also the one who helped drag Ben into Catherine's life. A few passengers behind them was Tina Lee. Tina was Korean, petite at five foot even slim and wore her luxurious, straight black hair to the middle of her back. She had a sweet face that showed its breathtaking beauty when she smiled. It always caught people off guard. She was currently living with Ben and had professed her love to him as well. Tina was special in that she was submissive. She'd had a very bad experience with her abusive late husband and Ben had reluctantly taken over as her dom to the best of his abilities, and she claimed he was exactly the kind of man she dreamed of finding. She'd worked her way into his heart even though she was only in her mid-twenties. Their age gap had given Ben quite a lot of trouble. Behind Tina and closest to him in the throng was Gabriella Wallace with her two kids, Miriam, a pretty 16-year-old girl, and her brother Daniel who was 13. 
Gabriella was an inverse mirror of Catherine's fairness and slim physique as she was raven-haired and had generous curves. She was by no means fat, she just had curves. She also had brilliant green eyes that he could get lost in. But while Ben was enthralled by her beauty what drew him most was her wisdom and deep compassion. It was she who helped Ben get past his misconceptions of what love was and made him see he could be in love with more than one person and not inflict pain on the others. He loved her deeply and knew she felt the same for him. She was also the one who helped him accept Tina's love. As Gabriella kept an eye on Miriam and Daniel she'd glance back occasionally to ensure he was still following. He snorted. Where else could he go? He was being led with all the other sheep into the large hall. He could see multiple queues leading to a series of customs desks. An officer was directing the incoming flow to random queues so he gave up hope of rejoining Catherine's or Gabriella's group. He caught her eye the next time she looked back and he gestured that he'd meet her at baggage claim. She nodded. They slowly shuffled forward and as he expected their group began to get split up. Catherine and her daughters were directed to the queue on the far right. Tina, Gabriella and the kids went to the queue to the far left. When Ben arrived in front of the officer his neck spasmed and he grimaced as he rolled his shoulders. The agent stared wide-eyed at Ben's facial scar which made an appearance. The officer pointed to the queue directly behind him and Ben stepped past the man. He didn't see the officer immediately call someone on his radio as he saw the queue he'd been directed into was shorter than the others. Ben smiled and felt a little better about his chances of getting through this area quickly. He looked to the left and right but he could no longer see the rest of his group. Ben walked up behind a young couple who were arguing or rather the man was hissing angrily at the woman. She couldn't have been more than twenty-five, maybe five feet six inches and her taller gangly boyfriend wasn't much older. They both wore an array of body jewelry with piercings in their nose, ears, eyebrows, lips, and tongues. The woman, whose bosom was generous, wore a small halter top which exposed her trim arms, shoulders, most of her back and her flat stomach so her tattoos were in plain sight. While Ben would never consider getting a tattoo of his own he thought the woman's Japanese stylized art of a cherry tree in full bloom on her back was exquisitely done. Pink petals seemed to be blowing across her limbs. Several beautifully detailed, colorful koi swam in the cool waters depicted on her arms. Her auburn hair was braided into a single long braid running down her back past her ass. That was a lot of hair. Her legs were hidden behind a long flowing peasant skirt. She had worn leather sandals on her feet which had obviously seen some miles. In contrast, her boyfriend's tattoos were rougher and seemed random. Nothing artistic about them. A fair number of them were just aggressively antagonistic slogans, like fuck the police and images of weapons. He wore a mesh shirt which showed his underfed torso, a pair of ripped army pants, and scuffed army boots. He was currently poking the woman hard while growling quietly right in her face. She seemed to be crying and shaking her head like she was frightened. Ben saw she was trembling. Fuck. Ben squirmed as he tried not to get involved though his instincts were screaming at him to do just that. He looked for Gabriella or Catherine but they were nowhere to be seen. Fuck. 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 The punk leaned in and hissed at the girl again loud enough this time that Ben heard his words. Can't I fucking own you? You do as I fucking say or you're dead. You will not fuck this up for me. I will fucking cut you a new hole if you don't stop your fucking crying. Then he slapped the girl's face. Ben was being fast walked down a corridor by two police officers when he next became aware of his surroundings. His wrists were cuffed behind his back and a third officer was carrying his shoulder bag. They stopped before a door, opened it, and pushed Ben inside. They pulled out a chair, undid the cuffs, and sat him in the chair. The cuffs went back on him but threw a metal loop on the table's surface. One of the officers barked something at him in French, but before Ben could respond they left. Fuck. 
Gabriella stood by the carousel and their luggage looking for Ben. She was getting worried as most of the passengers from their plane had already passed through customs and had left with their bags. Catherine walked back from the entrance to the customs area and her face showed she'd had no luck. I can't find him anywhere, Catherine said to the group with worry in her voice. Sophia looked at her mother then shared a nervous look with Rachel. Megan, who had been assigned baggage watch duty caught the eyes of her sisters and pointed to the suitcases. Sophia nodded and pulled Rachel over with her to stand with the accumulation of bags. They knew of the three of them Megan was the boldest and would push her way into places the others wouldn't think of entering. Gabriella scanned the baggage claim area once more but Ben wasn't there. She had his suitcase so he hadn't been through the area yet. Megan walked up to her. Give me a few minutes, she said and Gabriella nodded. Megan headed off towards the doors to the customs area. Gabriella watched her slip through the doors as a passenger exited. She wished her luck but then the young lady made her own luck. She looked over at Catherine and saw she was biting her lip. They were both nervous but Tina was beginning to look frantic. Tina, don't worry. He's probably just caught up in some technicality. Megan will find him. Tina trembled but nodded as her eyes remained locked on the doors. Megan had surprisingly already made progress. She was sitting on a bench next to a young woman with lovely tattoos. As she'd passed the hall to the security offices she'd overheard an angry voice screaming something about killing the big bastard who sucker punched him and how he'd be back to cut the bitch. That sounded like a promising lead so Megan walked into the hall as the police dragged the screaming and thrashing man away out another door. She sat down next to the crying woman who looked up hopefully at her. Megan saw she was handcuffed to the bench. Hi, my name is Megan. Lucy. Did a large man come to your rescue against the angry guy? She asked with a smile. Lucy looked at Megan with large teary eyes. Yes. How did you know? That was Ben. My mom's boyfriend. He does stuff like that. Did you see which way he went? She asked. After he knocks Cecil out the police came and grabbed him. He didn't resist as they led him away. Is Ben simple-minded? Lucy asked. What? No. Why? Megan snorted. He he seemed kind of out of it when he grabbed Cecil after I was slapped. His face was blank and his eyes were a little scary when he held Cecil up on his tiptoes by his ponytail. When Cecil tried to kick and hit him Ben punched him once in the face then dropped him in a pile on the floor. Then he looked at me with a friendly smile. Megan frowned with worry. She recalled her mom saying Ben had zoned out before when he beat up their new neighbor who had abused his wife. She hoped he wasn't relapsing. If the police had him she had to get Gabriella and her mom on damage control as soon as possible. Are you going to be okay? Megan asked. Lucy dropped her eyes down to her cuffed hands and worried a tissue into shreds. I don't know. Cecil has my passport. And my money. He's going to lose his shit when he discovers I'm no longer carrying his drugs. He's going to kill me. I just want to go home. She blurted then began to cry. The police have your passport by now. Just tell them how Cecil held you captive to be his drug mule. From what I've read that's more common than you think. That should get you free from him hopefully. Here's some cash to get you to our hotel, the Imperial Suites. When we get Ben free we'll meet you there and he'll hook you up with a flight home. Oh my god! Thank you? Lucy gasped. She started crying again so Megan just patted her on the shoulder. You be careful and we'll see you soon, okay? She said and headed back out to the baggage area. She had information some nervous ladies needed to hear. Chief Inspector Antoine Boucher stared through the glass at the large man handcuffed to the table and contemplated how good he was going to look in the news tonight having captured Kirian Rapeva, terror of the night. The man's crime spree had come to an end. Women could walk the dark streets at night no longer fearing the blade of this monster. If it was him. 
They hadn't proven that yet. There were no clear photos of Rapeva nor any accurate eyewitness descriptions. All they had was that he was large, muscular, had dark hair, and most importantly he had a scar crossing his face. Boucher had watched the footage of the big man lashing out at the punk who slapped his girlfriend. He was certainly capable of violence. Boucher was a bear of a man but the man in the room intimidated him. What planted the seed of doubt in Antoine's mind that the man they had in custody might not be Rapeva was the gentle smile the brute had given the girl after he dropped the punk to the floor. Why had he protected the girl? That didn't fit the profile they had, at all. Rapeva had never shown the slightest bit of compassion to any of his victims, all of whom were female, or looked like a female in the case of that one unfortunate cross-dresser. The door opened quickly and Detective Chanel Babineau pushed her way in with a fierce expression on her face. She drew up short when she saw Bichet. Chief Inspector. Is it true? We got Kyrian Rapeva? She swung her face to look through the glass at the man inside. Is it him? Detective Babineau, when did you get here? Antoine asked. He took in the wrinkled suit and the short black hair in desperate need of a wash or even a brush. The woman's eyes were dark brown and bore right through your head when she focused on you. She had classic symmetrical facial features and a long-limbed, slim build the ladies on the Parisian catwalks would kill for. Had she worn even the slightest amount of makeup or paid any attention to her looks she could have been breathtaking. But the chief inspector knew the detective despised all things girly. Still rebelling from her mother's pressure to get her into fashion. He couldn't fault her for wanting to apply her keen mind to the more worthy pursuit of being a detective in the police force. Just minutes ago. I was following a tip that Rapheva was coming in on a flight today. I got here and was informed that he was already in custody. It might be him. He matches the limited description we have. Our people are going over the documents he had with him. The passport was brand new. Could be fake but it's a really good forgery if it is. Our tech people are working on accessing the computer he had on him. He seemed to be traveling on his own. Babineau stared at the man shackled to the table. Who's doing the interrogation? Felix. Ah. Good man. She conceded. She would have loved to have been the one to crack Rapeva. She had a personal connection to this case though she kept that fact to herself. Chanel had been on this case for years. She knew all the details of each attack carried out by that monster. You couldn't bury yourself so deep in the details without it affecting you. Then he struck too close to home. Someone she'd known, intimately, had been killed and all signs pointed to Rapeva. She examined the man in the room and memorized his features. He was handsome if you ignored the thin white scar that ran from cheek to cheek crossing his nose. Big, dark, and brooding. She wasn't sure how long he'd been in there. Have you seen the footage of him attacking the punk in the customs queue? Boucher asked. Chanel looked at her boss. He attacked someone? She said in shock. The man nodded and passed her a tablet. The door opened and the chief inspector was called outside. Chanel cued the clip and watched it. She stopped at the moment he dropped the limp man to the ground. She saw the cold expression on his face as he struck the man. Quick as a whip and ruthless. It had to be Rapheva. She put the tablet down and turned to the window again. She saw the door open in the room and the man looked at the three officers who entered. He was staring at them as they spoke but he shook his head. She turned on the speaker to hear what they were saying. English. Sorry, I don't speak French, he said. The officers closed the door and took positions. One moved forward and removed one of the cuffs and stood back. You will remove your clothes for a body search, the officer who released him said. The man scowled at him but looked at the others who had their hands on their weapons. He unbuttoned his shirt. Chanel jumped when the door to the observation room opened and two female officers barged in. They stopped and stared at Babineau but she just nodded. 
Rapiva deserved the indignity so she was fine with him having an audience. She moved to the left side of the window furthest from the door which gave her a better view anyway. Three more female officers and two male officers came into the room to watch the unveiling. Their timing was perfect as the man was just taking off his shirt at that moment. He pulled it open and back over his shoulders. He was very muscular and several sighs and coups were heard from the watchers but that stopped when they noticed the scars. The room went quiet. Terrible violence had been inflicted upon this man. It was difficult to tell the age of some of the scars. Some looked recent. Some were large and others small so there may have been multiple attackers of different strengths. Regardless they were chilling to see. Perhaps most disturbing were the three old bullet hole scars on his lower torso. The pants. Remove them. The officer said, his voice betraying his unease. The man scowled again but undid his belt, button and zipper. He kicked off his shoes, pushed his pants down and stepped free of them. The watchers gasped and giggled as they saw the thick cock hanging down between his legs. He stood there with his hands at his side waiting while the officer inspected his clothing. Gil, would you like to spend some time with him in his cell? Chanel overheard a teasing voice say. Like you wouldn't, was Gil's reply. They found his concealed weapon, giggled one of the ladies. Maybe you'd like to help conceal it once more, chuckled another. You do realize this man is responsible for the brutal torture and murder of over a dozen women? Babineau said critically. One of the women looked at her in surprise. It's him then? Kyrian Rapeva? It's been proven. Chanel looked away from the officers to stare back at the naked man behind the glass who was bending over the table. Not yet. But we're getting closer. The room winced as they watched the man's reaction to the cavity check. You can put your clothes back on. The officer who did the inspection said when he was finished. The man dressed, all the while glaring at the three officers. His blush betrayed his humiliation and his facial scar stood out in stark contrast. Once he was shackled to the table again they left as did the watchers with Chanel. One of the ladies stopped and looked back at the detective. I hope it isn't him. Sending such a beautiful man to prison for life would be such a waste. She said and ignored Chanel's glare as she left. Minutes later she watched the door open on the interrogation room again. Detective Felix Munnus entered the room with a file in his hand. Munnus looked like he just stepped off a catwalk. Crisp, tailored suit, perfectly must hair, chiseled features. The man used his looks as a weapon against those he interrogated. He seemed to be able to get people to open up to him faster. People wanted to trust the pretty man. Babino snorted. She'd been told she could do the same thing, but she found the idea distasteful. Munnus sat and opened the file. Mister. He looked at the file. Shepard, it says here he said in French. I'm sorry I don't speak French. Only English, the man said. Felix looked at him. I said the file reads that your documents indicate your name is Ben Shepard. That's right. Ben Shepard. Benjamin? The detective asked. No, just Ben. Why did you attack the man in the customs queue, Benjamin? Ben. I don't remember attacking anyone. Really? You don't remember? You are actually going to tell me that, Munnus said with a sigh. He pulled a tablet from under the file and queued up the clip. He turned it to the man and played it. Chanel watched the expression on the man's face. She saw his jaw lock and his eyes go cold. Definitely a killer, she thought. It's him. She was convinced. He hit the girl, the man said with a voice gone cold. Manu seemed to be looking carefully at the man across the table from him. You struck the man very violently. He lost teeth, he said quietly. He hit the girl, was the only reply. Again, the smooth, calm voice sent a chill up Chanel's spine. Did you know this man or the woman he was with? The detective asked. No, he said and began to blink. 
his eyes began to show confusion. I need to let my friends know where I am. Tina especially. Your friends? You were traveling alone, Manu said looking at the file. I was traveling with eight other people but we got separated at customs. Listen, Tina has an anxiety disorder. She's probably in a bad state. I need to let her and the others know where I am. Chanel frowned. This was a different ploy. Crafty bastard. Then perhaps you should answer my questions quickly so we can finish up here. Manu said reasonably. The man frowned but nodded. What is the purpose of your visit to Paris? He asked. We're on vacation. Sightseeing. The man replied but looked towards the door. How long will you be here, Benjamin? The detective continued. Ben. Two weeks but we'll only be in Paris for five days. We're visiting several places as we head south and we'll finish up in Cannes and fly home from Nice. Your passport is new. Yes, I got it renewed before the trip. The man replied. You filled the other one? You travel a lot? Amsterdam? London? Warsaw? Johannesburg? Frankfurt? Rome? Manu said and Chanel recognized the list of cities where Rapheva had left his mark. No, I've never traveled before. My neighbor Gabriella who organized this trip asked me to renew my old passport even though it still had a little under a year left on it. I hadn't used the old one. So you are claiming you've never been to the cities I mentioned? Manu's pushed. That's right. Paris is the first place I've ever traveled to and I'm starting to wish I hadn't. The man grumbled. That's odd because we have people claiming to have seen you in those cities. The detective pushed again. Then they'd be wrong because I've never traveled outside of the United States before. The man insisted. Their description of you was very specific. The moment Manu said it, Babineau wanted to scream. The man froze. He looked at the detective. Is that what all this is about? I look like someone you are looking for? Is there a photo of this person I'm supposed to be? Chanel cursed. Felix had fucked up. She knew Rapeva was done talking. She stormed out of the observation room. She had to contact her snitch to see if she could get more information on Rapava's actual reason for coming to Paris. She had to get it before he weaseled his way free of this. They still had his attack on the punk in the customs queue. So they could hold him on that. As she made her way through the halls she saw a cluster of officers and a medical team with a stretcher. There was a body under the sheet on it. Who's this? She asked. Just some stupid punk who thought he could smuggle heroin inside his body and get into a fight. He attacked these guys and they put him down. But one of the bags in his intestines must have ruptured. He died of an overdose pretty quickly after that, the medic said. Chanel pulled the sheet down and cursed. It was the guy from the queue. Their reason for keeping Rapeva. Fuck. She thought quickly. There was still the girlfriend. She'd still be in holding. Chanel set off to find her. Gabriella, Catherine, and Tina sat in a conference room waiting on the chief inspector. Megan had returned to them directly after speaking with a young woman who had witnessed the police taking Ben away. She'd filled them in on Ben's situation, and everyone gave her hugs for her amazing detective work. The three women had immediately set off for the security office and demanded to speak with whoever was in charge. Gabriella looked over at Tina and saw she was looking a little better. Now that they knew Ben was in a room nearby the uncertainty was greatly reduced. They were taking action. But they still had to extract Ben from this mess. A large, burly man in a dark gray suit entered the conference room and introduced himself in French as Chief Inspector Antoine Boucher and that he understood they had asked to speak with him. Gabriella greeted him in French and asked if they could speak in English for Tina's sake. He smiled and graciously agreed. So I am to understand you know something of the man we currently have in custody? He began. Yes, his name is Ben Shepard and he is a very good friend and neighbor of ours. 
We've been neighbors for years and this is his first time traveling outside of the States. Ben is traveling with our group but we got separated in that mess at customs. Gabriella explained. Then you are unaware that he was involved in a violent altercation with another passenger. Boucher asserted. We understand that Ben came to the assistance of a young woman named Lucy who was being physically assaulted. Gabriella said. Ben does that. He is a good man. Tina blurted and Catherine took her hand with a smile. The chief inspector's face showed his surprise that they were aware of the young woman. Ben can't turn a blind eye when a woman is being abused. Did the passenger attempt to attack Ben when he stopped him from hurting the woman? Gabriella asked. This explanation spoke to Antoine's niggling doubts, but he wasn't ready to hand over their suspect on the word of these three women. They were not citizens of France. Gabriella read his unease and spoke up again. I'm here on vacation this time, but I'm in Paris frequently for my business. I import Parisian fashion from designers here for distributors in the States. I have several business contacts here that will vouch for me, Gabriella suggested. Boucher looked pleased and nodded. She brought up the contact details on her phone. She showed them to him, and he made a note on his tablet. When he saw the third contact he froze. Is this a direct line to Madame Clarisse Lefer? Gabriella's face held a warm smile. Yes. Clarisse is a dear friend as well as a colleague, and she is aware of Ben. I've shown her a picture of Ben as well. She can vouch for me and for how long I've known him. She pulled up a photo she had on her phone of her and Ben in the park in the center court during a block party. She turned the phone to Boucher. It was an older picture taken in the summer, and Gabriella was showing a little more cleavage than she normally felt comfortable displaying. She'd done it to catch Ben's eye, and she recalled it had certainly worked. If you would be so kind to forward this image to my account we will add it to the file, as proof of your previous knowledge, Boucher said with a slight blush. Certainly. She replied as she entered the email address he showed her on the tablet. The picture was sent, and she watched him smile as it appeared on his tablet. Men were such slaves to their penises, she thought, but kept her smile to herself. He looked closer at Ben's face in the image and noticed no scar. When was this image taken? He is missing some characteristics his face now has. She looked at Catherine. When was our last block party? The big one we had in the park. Catherine frowned. I believe that was four years ago. Gabriella nodded. Ben now has a scar across his face. Boucher perked up. When did he get this scar? Close to three months ago Ben was attacked by a man with a knife. He was stabbed in the chest multiple times and his face was slashed. He's healed very well but the scars remain. Gabriella replied. Boucher felt disappointment settle upon him. Three months was too recent for this man to be Kyrian Rapava. The first report of Rapava's scar was from five years earlier. Still he thought he'd try one last thing. He looked carefully at the ladies. Does the name Kyrian Rapava mean anything to you? Gabriella shook her head as did Catherine and Tina. He nodded. There remains the fact that your friend and neighbor used violence against a fellow passenger. A passenger that is in his rights to press charges. Please give me a moment to call your contacts and to confer with the assaulted man to see how he wishes to proceed. Gabriella nodded and cast a worried look at Catherine and Tina. Once they were alone she addressed her fears. The French judicial system is different than ours. Here you are guilty until proven innocent. We will not get to leave with Ben? Tina whimpered. We will see. You may need to be brave, Tina. Gabriella took her hand. Chanel was in a rage. Felix was in the process of fucking up the most important interrogation of his career. The punk who could have pressed charges against their suspect to keep him in custody was dead, and the girl whose statement might have assisted them with at least delaying his departure was nowhere to be found. The detective was searching for the officer that released her. She found him in the small kitchen pouring himself a cup of coffee. 
Jacob! What the fuck? Why did you release the witness to the attack? She barked. Good morning to you, Chanel. You look lovely as usual, he replied with a weary tone. Answer my question. There was no reason to hold her. The man she was with died. She claimed that he held her captive, took her passport and money, threatened to kill her, and tried to get her to carry drugs which she dumped back in the airport in Amsterdam. She said he would have killed her when he discovered she no longer had them. She was clean, her papers are good and he was dead so there was no reason to keep her. He finished with a huge yawn having just finished his extended overnight shift. The coffee was just to wake himself up enough so he could drive home. There is an ongoing investigation she is a witness in. Chanel growled. Am I a mind reader? Maybe you should share information like that. He growled back. Where the fuck is she now? She asked. She said she'd be going to the Imperial Suites then she was flying home to the States. He offered then scowled as the detective spun and rushed from the room. Fuck you too. Boucher was all smiles when he entered the conference room again. His call with Madame Lafaire and subsequent video call with her had been delightful. He normally delegated such calls to subordinates, but to speak with such a celebrity of the fashion industry had been a perk he could not deny himself. And she had been as lovely and gracious as he'd expected. The fact that she had suggested they video conference so he could show her the pictures of his suspect for her to identify had been unexpected and very welcome. She had identified the man as Ben Shepard and confirmed that Gabriella had been neighbors with him for years. When he showed her an image he'd taken of Ben this morning she sighed when she saw his scar and acknowledged Gabriella had mentioned the attack on him. He would have Gabriella's other contacts called by a junior officer but Boucher was convinced this wasn't the man they were after. Gabriella, Catherine, and Tina all looked at him with anxious expressions. I have some good news for you. I have confirmed that your neighbor is not the man we are looking for. Also the man he assaulted has died, Antoine said with a smile. All three women cried out in dismay as he realized what he just said. Oh, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to imply the man died from the assault. He was carrying drugs inside his body and got into a fight with the officers detaining him. In the struggle one of the balloons of drugs must have ruptured. He died of an instant overdose. Nothing to do with your friend. Again, my apologies for my careless words. All three smiled weakly and Tina leaned forward. Please may I see Ben now? She pleaded. I will bring him to you. Please wait just a moment more. Antoine said and glanced at Gabriella who smiled and nodded. He left the office and stopped by the tech department. He looked in and saw two of his tech heads peering at the screen on the suspect's notebook computer. Both were eating as they worked. Antoine shuddered at their poor eating habits. Have you had any success? He asked. Chief Inspector. Sir, uh, no sir. The security is like something from a spy novel. We have tried to get past it but there seems to be at least three levels of security, including biometrics which only the subject can match. If we had permission to take the machine apart, one of the techs said with a hopeful tone. No, we are releasing the man. Close it up. Pack it all away in his briefcase and bring it to interrogation immediately, Boucher said ignoring their looks of disappointment. He turned and walked back to the interrogation room. He stepped into the observation room and looked through the glass. Ben was sitting as far back in his chair as the handcuffs would let him. He was glaring at the detective across the table, but he wasn't saying a word. Antoine tapped on the glass. Detective Mundus glanced over his shoulder and Ben jerked his head towards the mirror as if he suddenly realized it hit another room with watchers. His face went red but Antoine couldn't tell if that was from rage or humiliation. Even though he knew the man wasn't Rapheva he still felt intimidated by him. Must be that damned scar. Manus closed the file and left the room. Moments later he entered the observation room. Chief Inspector. 
Detective Manus. Your impressions? He's big. He's menacing with that scar, but I don't believe he's Tyrion Rapheva. Agreed. He was actually traveling with the group and I've spoken with some of them. They've provided confirmation that he is the man his passport indicates he is. I'm going to release him. What about the punk he assaulted? Felix asked. He got into a fight with some officers and ruptured one of the balloons of drugs in his gut. He's dead. I don't need the headaches of trying to charge this man with no victim. Antoine said. Get the officers to unshackle him, please. Felix nodded and left. Boucher took another look at the man inside the interrogation room. He sighed. If he had been Rapheva there would have been reason to celebrate. Now that they knew it wasn't, and they knew Rapheva may have slipped in, they would need to review all of the incoming passengers to see if any others matched the description they had. He saw the officers entering the room so he left to stand in the hall. The tech came by with Ben's shoulder bag and gave it to the chief inspector. Moments later the officers led Ben out of the room. Mr. Shepard, I'm Chief Inspector Antoine Boucher. My apologies for detaining you but we had to be certain you were not the very dangerous criminal we were informed had come to Paris. Your activities in the customs area helped set that impression. Ben looked like he was struggling to control his emotions. Finally, he nodded. You have some ladies waiting for you in a conference room. One in particular seems very upset. Ben's expression immediately changed to concern. Tina? Is she all right? May I go to her? Antoine smiled and the last bit of doubt he had dissolved. This was not Kyrian Rapheva. Yes, I will take you to her. He handed Ben his shoulder bag and nodded to the officers who walked away. Antoine gestured for Ben to walk with him. They got to the room and he allowed Ben to enter first. Ben. Tina cried and leapt to her feet. She rushed around the table and crushed herself up against his chest. Ben held her trembling body tight and looked over to Gabriella and Catherine with love and gratitude. The other ladies came around the table as well and shook Antoine's hand and gave him a kiss on both cheeks. He looked very pleased indeed. He led them out of the conference room and once Ben pulled Tina from his chest they followed him into the hallway. They were led to the entrance of the security offices and this time Tina leaned up to give Antoine a double-cheek kiss. She also gave him a small bow then returned to cling to Ben's arm. Boucher headed back to get the video analysis started and the others headed towards baggage claim. 